What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the UFC London card going down this weekend, headlined by Blades versus Aspinall. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Surviving this fucking heat wave in New York, still getting it in, you know, jujitsu-wise. Uh, just came back from that. But uh, yeah, we got a, another daytime card. Those are all right with, with me. Um, and hopefully we're getting back uh, the Brits for the last card because that last card did not go well for me. But uh, hopefully we roll last week's uh, success into this week's and, uh, and yeah, you know, uh, just fade all these British guys for the most part. Not all of them, but a few of them. Yeah, last uh, UFC London card, really good for the hometown fighters. They pretty much swept the board with a few exceptions. And, uh, you know, the New York card last week was good, good fun. I was there myself. Uh, a couple of our key bets came through. Our best bet parlay of Burgos. My bet won in pretty sketchy fashion, while your bet Ricky Simone won in easy fashion. Uh, you know, underdog pick cash in pretty well there. Uh, you know, Ricky came through for us big. And um, I know uh, the Jing Liang was big for you as well. Uh, just a good good day for props. Uh, Algio round two, Jing Liang round two. Um, just a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, I think, I mean, most of those fights went, you know, according to plan. Um, that Ricky fight, I think he got up to like plus 164 on FanDuel, which I had to I had to smash up a little bit. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it felt good that the week before that, I got reverse sweeped. And then last week, I swept the board on all Moneyline picks. So definitely felt good. Definitely was, uh, was needed. Uh, and, and, yeah, it definitely made a, you know, good, good, good deal of, Good bankroll uh, adjustment there. But New York cards, always good. The first podcast we ever did was that Masvidal-Diaz fight where I had that biggest bet of my, at that time of uh, that I have ever put uh, on Corey Anderson uh, against Shawnee Walker. But, yeah, I mean, I always do pretty good on these New York cards. Like, I had, like, 10 grand on Rose when she fought, uh, what's her name? Um, nice. Uh, Zang, yeah. So, I mean, I always do pretty good on these on those New York cards. So, well, keep coming back, keep coming back for sure. I, I, I want three cards a year in New York. Uh, it, they're, they're only on that two that uh, two card plan, uh, right now, but yeah, so good stuff. Let's let's roll it into this week, though. Yep. Um, so these these fights this week, though, uh, I feel like you know, a lot, a lot of wide lines are, I mean, you know. Not talking value wise. I'm just talking, looking at the board. A lot of plus two, plus three hundred favorites. You know, not as many bettable fights this week. So I don't love this card from a betting perspective. You're definitely gonna have to look at the props for some of these fights. Obviously, the live betting, of course. And um, with that being said, let's get right into these fights. First fight: welterweight division. Nicholas Dalby, Claudio Silva. Um, and the odds for this one: Dalby minus two forty-two, Silva plus two hundred seven. Ozzy, you can start it off this week. What are you thinking about the first fight? Yeah, so, I mean, these two guys are, are old men, for sure. You know, Dolby, I think, is pushing 38, 39, and uh, Silva, I think, is in his 40s. So, you know, both mature guys, uh, decent amount of tape on them. Claudio Silva has not been as that active. Um, but he's coming off that Court McGee fight where, I mean, I'll be honest, I thought he was going to, you know, beat Court McGee. Um, he had a few good moments there, but he kind of fatigued, and Court McGee was able to start grinding them and, you know, do what Court McGee does. I personally, though, prefer the Claudio Silva side. I don't see why Nicholas Dalby should be this much of a favorite. I mean, he's he has a pretty good record in decisions, um, but he convention like uh, traditionally is bad against these southpaw guys. 
Obviously, Claudio Silva has pretty ugly striking, but I mean, it's effective because he's the kind of guy he just throws uh, as hard as he can, you know, and as often as he can because he doesn't really care about getting taken down. Um, I can see Dolby potentially landing, you know, a KO shot as uh, as Silva's coming in because he's not very uh, defensively uh, minded. And Dolby does kind of like throw some good intercepting shots. You kind of see that in the Tim Means fight even and a few of his other fights. But his grappling is, I think, not good at all, um, especially when he gets put on bottom. Like, you know, Tim Means, I think I think they only credited him with like one takedown. But he got on. He was on top of him multiple times in that fight. You know, Dolby looked pretty bad on his back to me, and even in the clinch, like you know, Tim Means is controlling the clinch pretty easily. And Tim Means, I don't think is a good grappler, and I don't think he's very strong either. And I think that Claudio Silva, you know, his takedowns aren't great, but he spent his, you know, his camp in ATT again this time. I, I don't think he did that last time, and it's been for multiple months now. I think it's been since like April or something like that. So he's been working. This is obviously a, a hometown fight for him, right? He's like based in the UK. And, uh, and yeah, like plus 210, plus 220, plus 230, I think it's a solid bet. I think if he gets uh, Dolby, you know, down, I don't think Dolby is actually getting up very easily. And this could very well be a submission. Um, so I will be playing Claudio Silva, and I like his submission prop as well. You always bet that with Claudio Silva, in my opinion. You could get five or six to one currently, and I think that's super live. Uh, so, yeah, I'll pick, uh, I'll pick uh, Silva to get the upset here over Dolby. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think a solid underdog play. And most of that sounds good to me. I mean, there's no question you can bet, lay this chalk on Dolby. I mean, in his four-fight UFC stretch so far um, since he's come back, he hasn't come close to justifying, you know, being a minus 200 favorite, albeit against some better competition uh, than Claudio Silva. But he's just not a guy who proves that, uh, that minus 240 favoritism. And, uh, you know, I agree with what you're saying about Silva being a, you know, a tricky fighter can get on top here, definitely has the the better grappling of the two. And I just don't see why Dolby's this favorite off of a pretty long layoff too, right? Hasn't fought in over a year. Um, was kind of questioning whether he's coming back to the sport or not. So yeah, it's an old man fight. It's a low level fight at this point, but one guy is two to one. So, I mean, that's the only option for a bet there or maybe the over, I mean, they have Dolby, uh, KO at like two to one, which I think is terrible odds. So. Um, you know, look to play some silver props, maybe some overs here. That's going to take it to the next fight, which is a women's strawweight or a flyweight fight. Mandy Baum taking on Victoria Leonardo. Baum minus 112, Leonardo minus 108. Um, so some steam coming in on Leonardo throughout the week. She was, you know, an underdog last week, now getting all the way steam down to pick him. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't really tape this fight. I didn't look into it. All I know is German fighters notoriously terrible in the UFC. I was looking at this uh, like last week um, because, you know, Dustin Stolz was fighting, but he is actually not even German. He is from America. So that, that data wasn't too relevant. He obviously did win his fight, but I think it's like something like German fighters are like, Oh, and eight in their last UFC fights or something like that between Nicholas Stolze and, you know, some of the guys in Germany, just not not good MMA going on over there. Uh, I've had some faith in Leonardo in her first few UFC fights, but I'm done putting any stock in her, man. I mean, forget that. So, you know, low-level fight, flip a coin, probably don't even bet it, and uh, that's enough about that one for me. You don't you don't got bomb, you know. You picked bomb last time. You know you you're not going back to that. Yeah, well. no, I did. I did pick you're her against Lipsky. Uh, unfor unfortunately, yeah. did not make a bet on it. But uh, yeah, I did pick her in that fight. Right. Um. I, I told you this bitch is bad and she proved 
She proved to be really bad. But let me get into this fight because I did look into it a little bit. You know, people are betting Leonardo. Like, I mean, I don't know why. Like, I get, I mean, it's just people take the women's dog, you know, sting and they kind of implement it in weird ways, in my opinion. Um, because the better angle to me is like this fight is a pickup now. This is a strategy I've implemented lately. When you got a fight like this, a pick em fight, you just play the over, bro. You play the over. You play the goes a distance. These girls are both harmless. Like, you know, Leonardo has a bunch of TKO losses on her uh, record. But, you know, it's like Firo. She broke her arm last time. Like, she's harmless. Mandy Baum, uh, you know, she's harmless too, right? You saw the striking she was putting out there in that, you know, last fight. It was awful. Um, and then grappling-wise, I just don't see either of these girls being good enough to actually submit the other one. So I like the over. I like the goes distance. You know, why pick a side here? Like, you know, late, you know, like, yeah, you know, maybe you could say Leonardo should be the favorite, but I don't know why. Like, she's not that great. And Bomb, you know, in the bigger cage, I think she'll try to not engage all that much. And, uh, and yeah, it goes distance and the over. Definitely the best side here. Uh, women's MMA, you're getting, you know, you only need a late 200. There's no way these girls are knocking each other out either. Like, both of their KO props are, like, you know, over, you know, in the four-digit range. Um, and I don't think that Leonardo is going to get takedowns easy. So, over, goes distance, one of the two. You know, parlay that shit with Claudio Silva, and, you you know, you'll start off good. Do you know that Man uh, Mandy Bomb was supposed to fight Talia Santos twice? Imagine that, man. Imagine that. Imagine, And I think we would have got – I don't know. Maybe – you think we would get playable odds there? I don't know. I don't know what the odds were going to be. But why would she? Oh, that's 125. Whatever, dude. Bandy Bomb is bad. Don't bet her. Like, this is bait, probably. Both these bets are L's, in my opinion. But what's the distance? Yep, uh, that's enough about that one. Lightweight division next. Uh, your boy, Jai Herbert, taking on Kyle Nelson. Jai Herbert, minus 275. Kyle Nelson, plus 235. So uh, your boy's back in action after a pretty, na pretty yes. nasty knockout loss about four months oh, ago. That hurt me. That KO hurt me so bad. Like, dude, like, I don't usually get emo like emotional. Like, by now, <laughs> I've watched so many fights. But, bro, when he hit this motherfucker with that kick, I jumped out of my couch. I was like, oh! And then, obviously, you know, he, you know, he can't defend a takedown. He's got skinny legs. And, you know, Taporia, you know, kudos to him. He definitely showed some heart there. And that KO was fucking vicious. Like, how he freezes him with that left hook to the body and then just comes over the top. Picturesque. Beautiful. But, I mean, I think this is, I'm not saying this is an interesting fight, but they're going to bang for sure. 100%. And I'm looking forward to the Jai Herbert interview. You already know that's, like, my favorite part about Jai Herbert. But I'm hoping he picks up a win here. But he does need to be careful here because, you know, Kyle Nelson does come in there, you know, um, swinging overhands. Um, I think that's about it. That's all I remember about the guy and that the fact that he's got bad gas. Um, but he looks a little bit better shape, you know, from his last fight. He has I thought he got cut and then he got like re-signed. But I don't know what it is. Maybe it was that's like he had happened. a fight left on his is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. So it's insane that he got re-signed. But I think they're trying to give Jai Herbert a favorable matchup given that he fought Trinaldo. Moicano and fucking Taporia with this uh, uh, worthy mixed in there. But, I mean, it's potentially a little volatile because Jai Herbert, obviously, he does not have a good chin and is not improving after he got KO'd, you know, dead in his last fight. 
So I wouldn't be surprised that Kyle Nelson, you know, catching him with a KO shot. I mean, he's six to one to win by KO. Like, I think that should be how you play him if you want, you know, a little bit of plus money action. But I'll pick Jai Herbert here. I don't got that many thoughts about the matchup itself. Other than I think Jai Herbert's going to be throwing a lot of jabs and Kyle Nelson's going to be trying to calf kick and uh, throw overhand rights. So that's about it for me. Yeah, I mean, I was looking into this fight this week, honestly, to try to play the overs possibly um, because I feel like Nelson should be tough enough to stick around here. I mean, he is going up to 155 here in the UFC. We've seen him mostly at 145, the Quarantillo fight where he got dropped and he kind of gassed out. That was at 145. And, uh, you know, just sucking himself down a lot to get to 145. Now he looks in really good shape. Uh, I sent out a tweet about him. You know, he definitely left that USADA pool for a while and he, he, he jumped back in it. So, you know what that means? He's looking shredded out there. and. He's flying in enemy territory against Jai Herbert. But uh, Herbert, like you said, knocked out four months ago, brutally knocked out, Not chin not getting any better. He's 34. He's a pretty bad grappler, right? He gets taken down quite easily, not really good off of his back. And we don't really have a, a good proven example of him showing good cardio either. So for a guy whose chin isn't that good, who's not a good grappler, who's not a proven cardio uh, fighter, you know, why is he minus 275 here? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you got to take a small have on Nelson. We could see some improvements coming off that two-year layoff. Uh, he could be looking a lot better at this 155 weight class. And, um, you know, technically-wise, though, Herbert is the better striker, obviously the better boxer. He throws a lot of calf kicks. And Jai Herbert, uh, and Nelson, excuse me, was getting his leg uh, lit up by Quarantillo in their fight with calf kicks. So I could see the calf kicks being a, a big weapon for Herbert here. Uh, I can't do both. I can't do Kyle Nelson and the over just in case Herbert, you know, nukes him early. I'll have to decide which I want to do. And, uh, you know, you'll see that posted on my bet MMA later. But I'm definitely looking to play this fight in some way. And uh, I'm I'm actually cheering for an upset. I'm sorry, Ozzy. Yeah, um, fuck you, know, you dude. Come guy. on. You can't cheer for a Canadian <laughs> dude. Come on. This is the first British guy on the card. Or no, Claudio Silva is. But this is the first real British guy on yeah, the card. Yeah. The, he's an adopted. Yeah, Brit. he's an adopted Brit. But the Black Country banger. He's coming. He's gonna lay Cloud Nelson out at some point. I mean, probably someone's dying in this fight. Like someone doesn't start round. Three, what is it? You see, that's minus one thirty-eight on Fanduel. That's I bait. I, I think it. I think it's going long. I think it really could go I long. Know, but I'm, I'm not going to bet on this fight. I'm just root for Jai Herbert. Like Nelson's going to be doing. A, yeah, one more thing I'll say is Nelson's. Go, I think he's going to clinch. He's going to clinch. He's going to go for takedowns and like it, one takedown for Nelson and like her. Nelson could look like the favorite, you know. So like, I just don't get how Herbert's minus. Uh, 275, 300. Um, next fight, though, highly anticipated fight. Flyweight division, Muhammad Mokayev taking on Charles Johnson. Energy, as they call him, making his UFC debut. Um, Mokayev minus 500, plus 375. Johnson on the comeback. So, you know, pretty popular underdog amongst, uh, you know, some sharper sharper betters that I consider uh, on Charles Johnson here. I'm on him for uh, one unit at those big underdog odds, plus 380. Um, you know, it seemed to be the line seemed to be dropping a few days ago. Definitely some sharp action coming in on him. But then those parlayers uh, will eventually come in as well. And we're already seeing Johnson go back to 375. So hopefully he doesn't go up back into the fours. But I mean, this is just a competitive fight all around. I mean, Mokayev is 
you know, interesting prospect, but he's obviously going to be, uh, you know, very overrated from a, a betting perspective, considering uh, is, is he undefeated or does he have one loss? No, he's undefeated. You know, he's, you know, kind of Russian, British, uh, you know, good grappler, had a, fl- a flashy finish in his last fight with a flying knee and then getting the rear naked choke. So, you know, there's just a lot of hype behind Mokayev right now. But Charles Johnson is, you know, a, a proven five-round fighter, a, a, a good fighter in all aspects of MMA, a really high-level striker, good southpaw striker, good kicks in boxing. He knows how to uh, defend takedowns, get up off his back. He can scramble. I mean, he definitely is not a perfect defensive grappler, and that's definitely where the fight is going to be most in favor of Mokayev. But there's a lot of footage out there of Johnson getting taken down and working his way back into fights and fighting three five rounds at high tempos and you know this guy is just a really proven you know good fighter and you're getting him at nearly four to one against you know the the young fighter in Mokayev who in my opinion is still um you know on the unproven side and I just feel like watching his fights you know really watching like the the details like of like the the Driscoll fight the Blaine O'Driscoll fight and then uh he had another one let me remember this guy's name um I think Hussein was the guy's name. Like, they're just close fights, man. Like, he's not dominating these guys in the grappling. Um, you know, I think he's I think he's getting a bit overrated. And I'm down to have a bet on Charles Johnson at those big underdog odds. And I think uh, he'll fight for your money at that price. What about you, Ozzy? Yeah, well, I'm kind of interested. I'm interested in, let me... I'm interested in Charleston. I'm just worth some like these playing all this week. I four to I want plus four hundred or more. That's what I want. And if I don't get it, maybe I'm gonna wait because Charles Johnson he does start kind of slow. And this dude Mokayev, like I think he's trying to, you know, I don't know. I think he's gonna come out quick. Um, but I mean, you look at this dude's record. I mean, like a lot of these amateur fights, obviously they're three three minute rounds. So when you could just fucking take some dudes down and shit, like it's whatever. Um, he fought the same dude multiple times. And, I mean, Charles Johnson's got great cardio as well. He's got, you know, he, he can, like, up the pace in later rounds as well or even in later later rounds or later in rounds. Um, and then also, you know, Mokaya fought at 125 in his last fight against Durden, obviously. But, I mean, some a lot of his other fights are in, like, catch, weight, 130, 135. Like, if, the, if he's trying to grapple Charles Johnson and Johnson's not giving up, you know, uh, the neck, you know, where, like, he's taking his back or going for that guillotine. I could see his cardio maybe, uh, you know, tapering off a little bit and Johnson, you know, kind of just putting it on him a little bit. You know, these guys do have, like, some commonalities where I think Mokayev has trained with, like, those, uh, the Hickman guys and, you know, the 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 people in, what's it called, in Thailand or Singapore, whatever the fuck they, whatever the fuck they train, I think Thailand. Um, and, yeah, Johnson, he's got a great job. I mean, I think he's at 125. He knows kind of like how to fight and how to like, you know, pace himself overall. Um, He just has skills in a lot of areas. So I wouldn't be would I be surprised if he got submitted easily? No, but I don't think he's going to get stunned by strikes. I think he's going to be able to keep his range pretty well. He has chokes of himself of his own as well. Um, to maybe, you know, try to discourage uh, some of the grappling or, you know, maybe if he's slowing down to try to, like, counter some of the grappling of Mokayev. But, I mean, I just want this guy at range and, you know, jabbing, you know, Mokayev. But I could see this dude just pressing him into the cage and kind of, like, searching for double legs and dumping him down. So I'm interested in watching the fight. I want plus 400. Um, and if I don't get it, you know, I'm going to try and maybe, you know, get in there live uh, a bit. But, yeah, I'll, 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 I'm very interested in Charles Johnson. And he seems like a very smart, 
cerebral fighter as well, which I like to I like to see. I like to hear. So three seventy five is not good enough for you. You need four hundred. Oh. Yep. Mm, I don't. I don't yep. know. I don't I know need... about that. I don't think that's good. I know he the 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 parlayers are coming out, dude. It's gonna happen. Don't worry. It might. Is like they gonna move for three seventy five? Is they gonna? No, I'm not gonna lose it. So what? What? Why can't but I isn't wait? There a, why, why isn't there a one percent difference in implied probability? I believe. Yeah, but why do I gotta bet it now? Why would you bet it now? It's not moving. Like you think it's gonna go to three hundred? No. So why do I, I'm not? Well, yeah, I'm not for playing a second it now. there. It was on its way down, like I said, but now, like one, it was. It went to three forty. It went to three forty. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty. Right. That's pretty. That's substantial. Um, all right, enough about that one though. Well, they're betting on fucking Mokayev, dude. They're not betting on Charles Johnson. So I think. I think. You know, the us us good betters out there are going to be coming in on on our guy energy. Um, yeah, sure. So uh, next fight is featherweight division: Makwan Amirakani, JSP, Jonathan Pierce. The odds for this one: Pierce minus one ninety three, Makwan plus one sixty eight. Your turn to start this one off, Ozzy. What are you thinking here? Don't really give a shit about this fight. I mean, people think that Mason Jones is amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm a little bit. What I said: what? JSP and Makwan. Oh my bad, my bad. I was looking at this. I was looking at the uh, fucking best fight odds. Uh, best fight I, odds. I was too at my first, fault. but yeah. Okay, so JSP versus Makwan. All right. Well, um, okay, this is a good fight. I, I'm high on JSP. I had a bet on him in his uh, Morales fight, which he showed out for. It was a great fight for him. Um, Huge bet, wasn't it? And Makwan. Yeah, it was a yeah. It was my, one of my bigger bet. The definitely my biggest bet on that card. Um, that was my best bet. I think that 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 week. I don't remember, but. Um, Makwan, I mean, Makwan's kind of like a hot and cold guy. Like, like I said, this guy has only beat Brits, European guys, like literally like almost every American person he's ever fought. He's lost in convincing fashion. And his two Anaconda wins are over Mike Grundy, who's thinking about his dad having cancer and fucking Danny Henry. They're not built like JSP. Now, when I say that, I'm not advocating for the most part a bet on JSP at this juice, but I do think he is a very deserved favorite here. Um, if it continues to go down, I will be interested in, in, in taking him and backing him. Um, but he just needs to come in with a certain, you know, a, a, a solid game plan. Because, I mean, Mach 1 is solid in the first round. I mean, he was beating Laurent Murphy. I think I had him against Laurent Murphy. He was beating him in that fight. Um, and he has solid Greco. You know, he I, I wouldn't be surprised at him taking JSP down, to be honest, um, because he is good with the Greco if he gets his hands locked and... He's a solid wrestler, but this guy does not know how to uh, use his energy. And if he can't be on top later on in fights, like he just doesn't look good. Like he, you could tell he's really uncomfortable on the feet and very susceptible, I think, to being hit. And how, I mean, people could talk shit about JSP's striking all they want, but the guy overwhelms guys with the volume as some, like, maybe he hasn't done it that often, but I do think he has the ability to do so. Um, he's just a gritty dude, so I think he's gonna be able to cook Makwan uh, later on in the fight. I'm not gonna probably bet anything here unless it goes down a significant amount, but I kind of do like this over one and a half. That is minus 165. Obviously, like I said, Makwan goes through the chokes early, but I don't think JSP's gonna smash him, you know, completely out of the water early on. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of interested in that uh, over two and a half or over one and a half. Yeah, that over one and a half sounds good to me. I mean, I think this should be, uh, you know, 
a very grappling heavy fight. I could see it being competitive at times, but uh, you know, obviously JSP seems like the stronger guy of the two. Um, you know, the jujitsu exchanges here should be interesting. You know, I think, you know, Amir Khan, Amir Khani definitely has, um, you know, better jujitsu, but Pierce is just obviously just heavier on top, better wrestler, um, more physical, bigger guy as well, you know, has fought at 155. So I feel like that should give Pierce the advantage in these, these grappling exchanges, but I still feel we're going to see some co- close, you know, guillotines or front chokes from Makwan at times. Uh, but, you know, later in the fight, like Ozzy was saying, Pierce uh, definitely builds into the fights better, has better cardio. And Makwan does kind of wilt as the fight goes on. A lot of his wins are just skewed towards the first round, and he just doesn't build into fights well. Um, so, yeah, that over one and a half seems good. I mean, I think they're just going to grapple, and I think both guys will be able to, you know, withstand each other's best on the ground for at least, you know, a round and a half. Uh, and honestly, I think it probably could, you know, just sail its way to the decision. Uh, plus one sixty for decision seems kind of. Um, go ahead. Hey, quick question for you: Did Grundy tap or did he go to sleep? Do you remember? That's a really good question. I feel like he tapped, which is pretty bad. You know, you gotta, you gotta, okay, well, you gotta go you, to sleep in that situation. Agree. JSP's not tapping, so that's he's gonna have to put him unconscious. So that's that's the only other thing I'll add. That's a good point. JSP sub five seventy five. I mean, I got. I mean, he could definitely he could definitely put him out. Yeah, I mean, bro, I think JSP could finish him later on. So I might play some JSP two three. Yeah, man, I I, I did that, that in his last fight. That was a, some painful painful stuff to watch. Oh man, the odds aren't good. Six to one on round two, nine to one round three. It's okay. Um, but yeah, that's enough about that fight. Uh, next one is. Uh, let's see, Nathaniel Wood, Charles Rosa, featherweight division. Uh. Huge favorite here for Wood, minus 600, Rosa, plus 450. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the goes the distance in this one. Uh, Wood is moving up to 145 here. Rosa, you know, he is a finished product at this point. This guy, you know, has that karate style, those sideways kicks, you know, decent to below average striker, but an awful grappler. I mean, this guy just gets taken down at will. Um, just no ability to defend a takedown, no ability to get off his back. I'll give the guy credit, though. He's extremely hard to submit, extremely hard to submit. Um, and, you know, considering Wood's the one moving up in weight, he doesn't really have power in his punches below a weight class. I don't really see it translating up a weight class here. And, you know, Rose is just generally tough enough to, to typically make it to a decision. I mean, we've seen him in a lot of bad spots lately, um, and he somehow makes it to the decision every time. So I just feel like Wood's probably going to, you know, beat him up wherever the fight goes uh and i think it'll be a, a decision so i'm looking to bet that uh that this uh fight goes to decision minus 176 on FanDuel. um it's not worth it for wood decision at this price just take the gtd and, and leave it at that yeah i like nathaniel wood i'm actually high on him higher than normal on him uh as a british prospect um he was on the brink of death in his last fight i forgot who he was supposed to fight the, that he pulled out i don't know who pulled out but uh, he was looking fucking terrible. So I'm glad he was moving up to 145. And I think he could, you know, I think he could win some fights up there because the guy's pretty well-rounded. He has a grappling game, which, you know, you don't see that often from Brits. Um, he's got some takedowns, some top game. He's got some submission on his, uh, submissions on his record. Um, obviously, he needs to get a little bit more stiff competition now. And I think Charles Rosa is a perfect guy to introduce him to the weight class. Um, you know, I think the the fight could be a bit competitive but the thing is nathaniel wood is going to overwhelm him with volume i think 
Um, you know, you saw in that Casey Kenny fight, which was an awesome fight. I love rewatching that one. Um, you know, Wood just, I think he, later on, the gas, like Kenny knew he could one out hustle him on the takedowns and just kind of just keep answering uh, him uh, with the volume. So, you know, I think that Wood could potentially finish Rosa maybe on the feet with some strikes, but Rosa's a fucking weasel, man. He just starts like, you know, doing spinning strikes and, you know, pulling guard. I don't know, like shooting for, I don't know. He's going to do some stuff to survive in here. Um, that I think uh, could could push the fight to go the distance, but I think Woods gonna smash him. Honestly, like you know, he he throws really well in combination. I love how he finishes off with leg kicks. You know, often um, he's got a pretty uh, crisp jab. He's his defense, I think, is actually pretty solid as well. He's always got his hands coming back. You know, I think he got over eager in that um, John Dotson fight, and he got ended up getting clipped uh, and knocked out there. But for the most part, his his defense is is tight. If he's not a uh, if he's not overextending. Um, and like I said, I think his grappling is solid as well. So yeah, I think uh Wood Wood's solid. He should should get a win here and uh looking forward to him in a few other uh featherweight fights down the down the road. Yeah, I mean I, I just uh, I just bet GTD uh in this one here. I mean they have GTD sixty three percent and to me the only finish that seems plausible is is Wood KO. And I don't put that above thirty percent, you know, so you gotta go the GTD there. Um, next fight is a lightweight fight. We have Mark Diakasi, Demir Hodzovic, Diakasi minus 365, Hodzovic plus 300. Another big favorite, another big underdog here. Any faith in the dog here or any interest in any props, Ozzy? We were just talking about this fight a little bit before. Um, you know, I just think that Diakasi's going to win. I'm not going to say easily, but I mean, the fact that he showed that grappling against Slava and you think about the fact that he, the striking performance that he had, although he lost, obviously, to Fiziev, Um, You know, I just thought that was a pretty solid, though, uh, showcase, showing for him, even in a loss. Um, that he's, like, Demir, I don't think Demir has them. And I've, I've actually not minded Demir that much in his UFC career. But I just don't see him offering that much for, you know, the Casey. Like, you know, Demir complains that people grapple him. You know, his conditioning is good, so he should be able to continue and stay in the fight. But I feel that uh, the Casey should be able to take him down pretty easily eventually and, you know, get to those similar positions like those wrist rides and stuff like that. And I was telling you that, you know, Slava, he kept trying to get back up, you know, uh, and, and the Casey was kind of like just holding him like content on you know, continuing to to keep him down on the mat. But Demir, this guy's got terrible get-ups. And I think uh, the Acacia's going to be able to solidify position much easier on him than he did on Slava and potentially, you know, put some damage on him. But I'm not interested in betting on this fight at all. I mean, you know, Demir is 35. I just don't think that he has a lot of power uh, to put put on uh, DeCasey. And obviously, DeCasey is a part of the 93 contingency. So he will win this fight and uh, probably dominantly. Yeah, I mean, the wrestling does seem like it's going to go DeCasey's way pretty heavily. Uh, Demir just not a good defensive wrestler in any facet. But... I mean, the striking, I think, is actually going to be close here. I mean, Dia Casey, for being like a flashy striker, you know, with those the kicks and, you know, he had some early knockouts in the UFC, the guy hasn't outstruck anybody in like a long time. He really relies on this wrestling to win fights. And he's yeah, but he's willing. He's willing to. I don't want to interrupt you, but he's willing to like throw calf kicks as well. And I mean, he's he's a pretty diverse striker overall. Like, yeah. 
he's not oh he's he's not bad like he's a he's a decent to good striker but he just it's it's remarkable how he never uses his striking to win the fights like he's always going to the grappling um so i'm like striking though i think you know demir his his boxing looked all right versus gancy you know um he was uh you know good good technique good output there i thought he was throwing just a, a ton more strikes than he typically did and you did see him slow down in round three nearly get finished because of it but i thought that was a decent win um so i i don't know it just seems like a bit of an overreaction for dkc to be you know nearly a 400 favorite after he was you know an underdog to some contender series bum just like a few months ago right like um yeah so yeah that line was obviously wrong though that's true but um still just the market reaction to it um before we go to the next fight ozzy can you just reset the mic real quick and a little a little echo um last fight on the prelims here uh interesting matchup for the circumstances behind it mason jones versus ludovic klein you have mason jones the one coming in on short notice i believe he took this fight um two days before i think it's going to be nine days before the fight and ludovic klein was the one preparing for a fight against um I forget who. Uh, Bahamandes. Bahamandes. Bahamandes, exactly. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, nine days notice, uh, Jones is coming in here. But Jones is the, the gigantic favorite at a minus 360 uh, favorite uh, to Ludovic Klein plus 295. So obviously the market is extremely confident in Jones despite having, you know, no training camp. Uh, you think that's something to consider here, Ozzy? Or you think the matchup is just so heavily in favor of Jones that it doesn't matter? I like when guys are in training camps and, you know, I don't know. Like, I definitely wouldn't take a fight if I wasn't trained. But, I mean, Mason Jones, he's shown that, you know, he could go three hard and, you know, all this. And the matchup, I was saying it earlier. Like, you know, I'm not that high on Mason Jones. Like, I don't think he's, like, amazing overall. But I do think that he, like, he caters his game plan and how he fights pretty well by opponent overall. Um, and you kind of like look at his career, you know, I, I think it's shown that a bit. And what I think is going to happen here is Ludovic, um, you know, he's obviously going to fire off that left kick, you know. But in that 155 fight against Devontae Smith, I was not impressed overall with like his performance and kind of like how he fought. And obviously, I, I would say Devontae Smith is much lower end than uh, mason jones is just overall in in many facets i just see mason jones crowding ludovic klein i see him countering the kicks pretty often with his own kick and you know his hands as well um and he you know he fought patrick you saw how he fought patrick he was just swarming patrick anytime patrick threw anything which was not that often um and and yeah i think he should be able to 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 wrestle down klein and use use his grappling at some point but I'm not interested in parlaying them. Like I, I, I just this is not the angle that I like to 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 take, especially with the circumstances of the fight. But Mason Jones, I think he has a solid baseline. I'm just not high on him overall. Like in a in the aspect of and entering the top fifteen overall. But I think that he's gonna win a lot of fights and be the favorite very often. But uh, not a not, not a fight that I want to bet or play at all. Um, what's the total here? I saw it was like a two and a half and it's like even, it's basically even money either side. I don't know. I mean, I would probably lean towards the under, but, yeah, um, under. yeah, lean towards the under, but listen, so the IT is minus one ninety, but the under two and a half is only minus one twenty five. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, I would lean the under just cause I think it's going to be a fast paced, high paced fight. 
Yeah, I mean they have they have Jones KO one seventy five, but then his sub is eight to one. I mean, I'm taking I'm betting Mason Jones sub for sure in this fight. I mean, he he took down Onama and put him in like a ton of sub attempts. He you know Onama mysteriously you know survived them all, but uh, actually the stats say he doesn't he didn't have any sub attempts. Maybe I'm making that shit up. I swear he had Onama in like rear naked choke attempts or at least back takes. You know, like. I just think that he's gonna he's gonna take the fight to the floor, and there's a great chance that he gets you know some sort of sub opportunity. Nate Landwehr uh, subbed this guy not that long ago, and uh, very true. And 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 that was a fight where Klein uh, fatigued a lot at 145, and I just think that Jones is gonna be able to get some attrition on uh, on Ludovic. Like Ludovic is gonna find out what it's like to fight like a real 155er in this fight. Right, I mean, you fucking yeah, Devonte Smith, one of the worst fighters at lightweight. Um, pretty easy introduction there, but yeah, I mean, Jones obviously must be confident in himself. He must be training a lot. Uh, you know, he might not have been in camp necessarily, but he must be in pretty good shape to take this fight on such short notice. Um, so uh, yeah, Jones sub eight to one. That's crazy. Maybe the throw in the round two and three as well. Um, main card time. You know, pretty solid main card. UFC always brings it with these London main cards. We got Paul Craig taking on Volkan Ozdemir, light heavyweight division. Paul Craig's the the underdog. Or Volkan minus one forty six, Craig plus one twenty six. Somehow some action is still coming in on Craig. You know, I, I'm seeing some some guys we know. You know, being pretty confident in Volkan this week. I don't I don't get it personally. Um, I just don't understand how anybody could be confident picking and betting against paul the bear jew craig i mean this guy is clearly uh you know has some sort of uh oh somebody got disconnected oh ozzy um you good yeah my god paul craig clearly has some sort of uh, mysterious aura about him that is you know carrying him to win these fights there's clearly some uh you know influence from god or whatever being you believe in uh that craig is somehow getting some guidance in these fights to win them and that cannot be denied and why would you want to bet against that you know especially with a guy like volkan ozdemir who is you know Definitely the better striker than Craig, but it's not like Volkan is some like proving grappler who has, you know, defended a lot of subs and been in close grappling fights. Like he largely hasn't been grappled that much in his fights. And I just don't think there's much evidence to prove that he's going to be able to, you know, avoid these dangerous positions on the ground. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a little bit smarter than Krylov taking the fight directly to the floor the second the fight starts. Uh, but still, Craig's, Craig fights have this way of getting to the floor. He He's losing. He's getting hit with ground and pound. People think he's losing. And all of a sudden, he turns it around and still wins. And I'm not betting against that. He, uh, you know, I, we were talking about it last week um, with Shane Burgos being 6-0 and in New York. Paul Craig is 6-0 and in England. Right. And Ozzy, isn't there another layer to that stat as well? Isn't isn't doesn't it go to London as well? I think he's three and oh in London with three triangles, bro. I this guy, I'm gonna take this guy obviously has made some kind of deal with Satan, God. I don't know who he made the deal with, but this motherfucker's got some shit going on. I don't know what it is. And Volcon to me, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not like like I see why you will want to bet Volkan. Like, I mean, Volkan, he's a nuclear hitter. Like, he's got big power in his hands, for sure. He throws the hooks. You know, he comes in there, you know, pretty solid. He's he's shown, 
not take down the fence, but like he's shown that he's not like a complete, a complete, complete fish. Like I don't think it's gonna be easy for Paul Craig to you know knock him over. But I mean, the same shit happened with Krylov. Like Krylov is, I think, I don't know who I would favor in that fight. I think I would actually favor Krylov. But Ozemir, he just doesn't seem that smart to me overall. Like he could, he will land on Paul Craig for sure. That is certain. But I don't know, man. Like. I just don't trust this guy Volkan. Like you can, I'm not gonna have a Volkan ticket. I'm probably not gonna have a Craig ticket either. Especially I'm like plus one thirty. Come on, like you can't do. Like I can't do that. Um, but bro, I mean, I think that Paul Craig could. He's always surprised people. Like I remember when he shot that double leg on fucking uh, Shogun. I was like, oh no, like his bro's in trouble right now. Like if if Paul Craig's shooting these takedowns, and I mean, he just has a complete belief belief. That he's gonna get this these fights to the ground and submit these guys. And Volkan, bro, if you look at his fights, he like legitimately could be like one in six in his last like seven fights. Like, albeit he's fought some tough guys, but he lost that racket, right? In my opinion, for sure. Yeah, he lost that fight. So other than that, he's been losing a lot of these fights. He's and like even against Anthony Smith, man, he's like beating on Anthony Smith, and then he just gets taken down. And he quits. He gives up. And against like Maga, like uh, Ankalaev, like he just was so beta in that fight that it's just, I don't know. Like maybe he's going to do it. Maybe he's going to win. I'm not going to lose money either way. I'm not betting on the fight, I don't think. But man, I, I'm really rooted for a Paul Craig submission, like a dominant, a dominant win in route to a, a submission. But like betting multiple units on Volkan, honestly, I think is a bad, bad, bad strategy. But I wish he's, I wish he's fella's luck. I really do. Complete agreement with everything there. Really you know, no bets are, are, are looking like it's going to be placed for me. But I got to cheer for the Bear Jew. Uh, I, I mean, I bet him last fight. I bet him no scorecards. Um, so, I mean, that was just, uh, just you know, amazing to watch unfold. And it would be a treat to see it happen again. Um, next fight, we got uh, one of our favorite female fighters in the podcast here, Hannah Goldie, taking on Molly McCann. Molly McCann minus four twenty-five. Hannah Goldie plus three twenty-five. Um, as as uh, myself, the Martian, I have tweeted in the past. Hannah Goldie has some legendary proportions on her, and uh, you know, one of the best. Um, premium services you can pay for in mma if you guys know what i'm talking about a lot of premium services going on out there not a lot of bang for your buck but with hannah goldie you're getting good value out of your dollar transparent too transparent as well she tells you uh what from getting. what i heard not primary you know not not primary source but she tells you what she will and will not do so right like a lot of these people like they you don't even know what you're buying uh not with hannah goldie um you know and you know you just love to see it. Uh, American flying into to London here, Molly McCann's territory. Um, so just like the value in her premium services, Ozzy, is there any value in her betting line this week? I would love to say yes, um, and it is possible that it that the answer is yes. But the issue for me from seeing her last fight against. Um, Whitmire, which, you know, obviously I cashed on because Whitmire at Juice is, you know, is always a bad idea, no matter what, no matter who she's fighting. She'd be fighting my my, my Nana, as uh, Patty Pimlet uh, said, and, you know, she'd probably get finished. But um, uh, what's it called? You know, uh, I do think Melanie McCann is actually making some improvements in the grappling realm 
uh, and we'll uh, I'll touch on that as well when we get to the Patty fight. But I do think she is making some improvements, and I think that she can get this fight to the ground when needed if she wants. Um, and you know, kind of control it a little bit. Obviously, you know, Hannah Goldie pulled off that armbar in her last fight. I don't think that's gonna happen here. I don't think that's a uh, something she could replicate. Uh, but Hannah Goldie's pretty tough. She has good cardio. Obviously, she's in good condition. Um, but I do think that uh, and and she, but she's been in some good fights, like the 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 Belbita fight. You know, that was a low key war for in for female standards, and they were exchanging quite a bit. And Hannah Goldie is not kind of that like scared to get hit, and we'll see if she could take the shots from Molly McCann, um, the spin and back fist, and all those things. You know, the under here, you know, plus two hundred five. Like I think that uh, Molly McCann's gonna push the pace. Like I said, I could see some grappling going on here. So I, I I need to look at this fight a little bit more to see if I want to play pay um play the under at all. But I do think that um, Molly McKay is gonna win this fight. Um, I don't know how exactly, but I do think that a finish here is possible if she does just start overwhelming Hannah Goldie. Um, I'll probably pass in the fight overall. But the only bet that I'd be looking at is uh is some some kind of under or not, not to go to this probably under, but. Yeah, I don't got that many thoughts on the matchup overall. Honestly, I just think that Molly McCann has more volume and uh, Hannah Goldie is a little awkward on the feet, but um, game as well. But I do think that Molly McCann does go for some takedowns here. Yeah, I agree with most of that. I mean, I would love to support uh, our girl Hannah, but I just don't see this matchup being good for her in any way. I mean, um, McCann probably uses that that ugly bull rush style of striking to, you know, land on um, Goldie, make her uncomfortable on the feet. And the, the takedown should be there as well. I agree. I mean, the you're watching the Goldie fight against Whitmire. I mean, it, the most obvious like trip judo takedowns in the world are coming and Hannah doesn't see it and just gets taken down. She gets up and she gets taken down with the exact same takedown again. <laughs> I mean, that fight was just hilarious. Like Whitmire's like passing her guard. She's like on top of her and then all, and then she still gets armbarred. She still gets armbarred. I mean, how the hell does that happen? Um, but also, how the hell does Molly McCann's spinning back elbow knockout happen uh, in that fight? I feel really bad for anybody who had a Molly uh, decision in that one. I remember I bet Molly McCann there, Ozzy, and I think you made fun of me uh, for betting Molly McCann. And she was, you know, obviously the bet of the century. Um, That's also a funny thing. He, uh, Molly McCann's going from Luana Carolina, which who famously could not do even a push-up in one of her videos, to the best uh, bodybuilder that, that that yeah the 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 juiciest biceps uh, that the UFC could produce in the women's division, um, actually kind of funny. So <laughs> that is true. I mean, yeah, the physiques completely different here. I mean, there might be like an eight inch uh, height uh, difference between those two. But I mean, hopefully Goldie can pull off something uh, something miraculous and make this entertaining. But yeah, it should be a Molly decision. I mean, I don't see her really uh, passing passing guard and doing work on bottom or on top enough to, to finish this. So it's hard to really see how McCann finishes. Um, so next fight, uh, another uh, old man fight. Alexander Gustafsson taking on Nikita Krylov in the light heavyweight division. We have uh, Krylov minus 195, Gustafsson plus 170. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm not interested in betting uh, Gustafsson here or, you know, or Krylov for that matter. I think it's honestly kind of Krylov. Uh, I, I won't say it. I was going to say Krylov or pass, but I'm not going to say it. I mean, 
Um, you can make your own conclusions on betting this one, but I, I mean, to me, Gustafsson uh, looked like he was really slowing down years ago in like the uh, the Anthony Smith fight, and uh, you know he tried a little heavyweight stint that went extremely poorly. He's back down to two hundred five here, and uh, you know he's got some miles on him, and his style is just a terrible style for an aging fighter, especially an, an aging big fighter like himself. I mean, that in and out, light on his feet, he's hopping around. I mean, imagine if like Dominic Cruz was a, a light heavyweight. He wouldn't He wouldn't be still successful, obviously. Th- that style just isn't going to translate to being old and slow and not as agile. And uh, Nikita Krylov, to me, is much more agile and athletic at this point in their careers. And, uh, you know, even though at one point Gustafsson was a much better fighter than Krylov, I think Krylov, you know, has him covered everywhere at this point with due to that, uh, you know, athletic disparity. And, you know, Krylov has turned into a, a solid fighter everywhere himself. Uh, he's turned into a functional offensive grappler. He uh, remember he, submit, he submitted OSP uh, not that long ago, which is hard to do. And, um, you know, I think he just knows what he's doing uh, at most phases of the fight. And he can probably, you know, rough up Gustafsson and uh, athlete his way to a victory here. Not sure how he's going to get it done. Um, you know, the the results are pretty evenly spread out between decision, KO, submission. I kind of lean decision, honestly. I feel like these guys may actually go the full 15. Um, I just feel like Gustafsson is probably tough enough to hang around. He's not going to really go for it if he's down, and he's just going to be content to kind of lose a decision. So uh, goes the distance at plus 150, Krylov decision plus 310. Uh, Ozzy, uh, you echoing any of the same thoughts here, or you got your own? Well, you know, I mean, I'm a big fan. Um, let me not say that. I'm a fan of Alexander Gustafsson. And like you said, you know, yeah, maybe the game's passed him by a little bit and all these kinds of things. And people have been discouraging me from – you know, picking, betting, you know, Alexander Gustafsson. And I can see why. Like, I was honestly, I was going back at Krilov tape. And like you said, man, Krilov has improved a lot. You know, people used to make fun of him. And like you said, man, his his wrestling has really improved a lot. And, you know, he, he kind of hits great, great, great takedowns. And, I mean, he overall is a pretty good fighter. But I just got the sneaky suspicion that, like, Gustafsson has more to give than people are giving him credit for, but I probably am going to end up passing on the fight early just because I do think that uh, it could be a case where Gustafsson, like, he just can't, doesn't stop the wrestling that uh, Krylov goes for at some point. But, I mean, that Gustafsson by decision is kind of looking at me, you know, really, really, like, 4-1 to one for a Gustafsson decision. I just think that is maybe a little bit off, but I do agree with you that maybe the goes, I should just bet the goes distance, you know, just bank on Gustafson not um, getting finished by Krylov. I don't think that's a, I don't think he's knocking Gus, uh, Gustafson out, Gus, I'm going to go with. And, you know, I feel that Gus as well, you know, he's kind of content to just jab and, you know, kind of just pitter patter back and forth. You know, Krylov, I think is going to be looking to kick the legs and, you know, Gus, I don't know if he still has that one-shot KO power as much as he used to have. Um, and he didn't even used to have that much one-shot KO power. So I might look at over one and a half, over two and a half, and goes distance in this fight maybe as my main angle. Um, I'm going to have to look at this one again a little bit more. But early on, I was considering betting on Gustafson. I'm not going to say it's totally out of the realm. I do want to see him at, at weigh-ins just because you know he hasn't fought in so long. But uh, but yeah, I kind of lean this fight to go later on. 
as you do as well. Yep. Um, and yeah, the starts round three, maybe uh, that GTD as well. Um, top three fight time, you know, stacked top three fights. You know, you got Levitt and Pimbler. That's going to be legendary. Uh, Curtis jumping in short notice in the co-main event. And then obviously the heavyweight main event, a rare good heavyweight main event. So, uh, you know, good matchmaking here overall. And let's get into this first fight. Lightweight division got Patty the Batty Pimbler taking on Jordan Levitt. Uh, Patty minus two fifty nine, Levitt plus two nineteen. Ozzy, you could start this one out. I love this fight. Um, and the the thing I love most about Patty, like you know, people always say like, "Oh, grow the sport," blah blah blah. Bro, Patty, like I got friends that they watch MMA very casually. That they'll send me the clips. Like they're like, "Oh fuck!" Like I like the interviews today. Like I had you know a friend that they're like, "Man, is they're like is yo is Levitt gay?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> He sent because they sent me like one of the videos of him doing the twerking and stuff like that. He's like, "Yo, no way! They got Patty fighting this guy, blah blah, whatever." So I'm excited. Like people, they shit on Patty Pimlet, but I mean, the guy comes to fight. He, you know, he's not a boring fighter overall, right? He goes to submissions. He he he's got some knockout power. Like, and I think if he gets matched up, all right. Like I don't mind, you know, the UFC trying to build him up a little bit. And I mean, I think that he's in the beat Jordan Levitt, honestly. I, I mean, people like the Levitt side. They're like betting the plus money. I don't see him, man. I just, I, the thing with Jordan Levitt is like his cardio is just not that good. You know, I do think that Patty, obviously, he gets fat in between the fights, and that's the angle that people are going at. But the fact is that, you know, the training that he's getting, I think, uh, on the West Coast, uh, you know, between, you know, San Diego with Justin Flores and those guys is legit training, man. These guys train differently. If I was a guy coming up and I had the resources, I think Justin Flores might be like one of the low key best grapplers in the world and coaches as well. And I, he's just teaching the game different, the way they're training, the the, the work and capacity that they're putting in um, on, on the cardio side. I think that we're going to see it both in Molly McCann and Patty Pimlet here. Um, they just approaching it differently. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get into it too much. Um, so I think I, one, we'll see improvements in Patty's conditioning. Two, I think his grappling game is is really well developing well. Um, but, you know, Jordan Levitt does have some wrestling. He gets in on double legs uh, pretty well. Um, but I just don't think that he's real comfortable at range. I think Patty's going to be able to throw some more diverse strikes at him that, uh, you know, a guy like Trey Ogden, like Trey Ogden was tired after that, you know, one guillotine that he, that he went for in round one. He was kind of gassed after that. And he still almost won the fight. Like Levitt, you know, Le Levitt will, 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 will continuously go for his game plan. But I just think that Patty's going to be able to put damage on him often enough and and yeah, not you know, Wilt like uh like uh Trey Ogden and some of these other dudes. Like you gotta remember that Levitt gassed horribly against even Claudio Puelas from not like a very high paced fight. So he's never fought also. That was a uh a point that Patty was making in like the big cage or you know in front of a crowd. So I think that will take a lot out of him as well. Um, so yeah, I just think Patty's gonna be able to throw these power shots, not be worried about what's coming back uh, at him, and uh, and potentially even now grapple Jordan. You know, as the fight goes later on, and Jordan starts to fatigue. So yeah, I think Patty potentially gets a finish here, but I think he's gonna win the fight either way. So yeah, I'll pick Patty for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm in agreement with most of that. There, I got Patty this weekend, and. You know, Patty's a guy who, if you watch a lot of his fights in, in Cage Warriors, you're going to see a lot of bad moments. You're going to see flaws. You're going to, you know, see this guy lose and stuff. But um, 
you know, you can't let those images get too stuck in your head. Like the guy is actually an improving fighter. He does have good skills in striking and grappling. Um, you know, his defensive tendencies aren't good. He, you know, has been hurt since he's been taken down. Like I said, he's got hours and hours of footage out there. Um, and, you know, we've seen the guy, you know, grow from like a really, I mean, he, I think he started in Cage Warriors when he was like 19. And, you know, now he's 27 or something like that. And you can see the clear improvements to the guy's game. Um, you know, training uh, and getting to the UFC has been good for his career, obviously being a lot more serious. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I think you know, some of the guys uh, who we like to, to talk fights with, you know, we like to look for, for um, problems with, with debutantes, with newer fighters, with hype trains. But sometimes it's not, it's not time to fade that hype train quite yet. And this is another example of that here with Levitt. I really don't think Levitt is the guy to be the to one, uh, the one to expose Patty's weaknesses. I mean, at some point, Patty's going to face a good boxer who can stuff takedowns, who's going to beat the shit out of him. Or at some point, he's going to face a really good wrestler who's going to take him down and hold him down. But Jordan Levitt is neither of those things. He's his striking. He doesn't throw punches. Jordan Levitt, I'm not sure he understands you're allowed to throw punches in MMA, but he does not throw punches. And I'm really not exaggerating. Like he doesn't. Um, he throws a ton of leg kicks, some body kicks. He he's not a bad kicker, honestly. Uh, but he really needs to incorporate some boxing into his game. Um, because you know, the I see the bigger striking th threat coming from Patty here. I mean, he is he's more aggressive on the feed, he has a little bit better strike arsenal, and I just think he hits and punches way harder than Jordan Levitt. And if this fight stays in the feet, I mean, I think Patty's going to hurt him at some point. He's going to drop him. And, uh, you know, Levitt's going to need to put on the best grappling performance of his life here and take Patty down, um, you know, maybe limit some of the striking exchanges with those kicks to the legs at times and time his takedowns. And I, I don't see it, man. I think I honestly think that Patty's chances here might be a little bit better than the odds indicate. Um, and, uh, you know, Levin, I don't think is even that strong of a grappler. I don't think he's going to be able to hold Patty down. Patty has been on bottom a lot of times and escape bottom. He's been hurt and he comes back. Patty's just pretty comfortable battling adversity. And that's not something I can say the same about Levitt. Um, and I think that Patty's going to finish him, honestly. I'm betting for Patty to finish him. I'm on Patty ITD here. Uh, minus 115 on FanDuel is the best uh, market price available. And, uh, you know, I just think that the striking threat with the KO and the sub are both there. I think he can finish the fight uh, in either realm. And I think it'll likely happen early on here, the first round or two. So I think Patty's going to gonna do his thing, going to hop on the mic uh, and, you know, hope to con continue to see him grow because, you know, the guy's a good thing for the sport. Completely agree with Ozzy, you know, uh, casual, you know, friends that barely watch MMA. They know Patty. They know, obviously, Barstool Sports and whatnot. And, you know, uh, you know, fuck it. I hope he I hope he knocks Jordan Levitt out in uh, in London in front of his hometown. And then I'll take us to the co-main event. Jack Hermanson taking on Chris Curtis. Great matchup here in the middleweight division. It was supposed to be Jack Hermanson versus Darren Till. Instead, it's Chris Curtis filling in on short notice here. The odds for this one. Jack Hermanson minus 113, Chris Curtis minus 107. So uh, this line is getting a lot of action on both ways. I mean, I think Curtis opened up plus 140. He immediately got steamed to a favorite. Uh, he was getting bet as, you know, minus 130, minus 140. And then all of a sudden, the past week or two, Jack's been getting all the action. And all the comeback action is on Jack here. So I'm sure there's sharp action on both sides here. Definitely. Uh, uh, a deserved pick'em type of fight. 
And I was thinking Curtis more so early on in the week when the fight first got announced. I was thinking Curtis was going to, you know, continue his reign. Uh, but the more I think about it, I do think the fight uh, probably favors Jack Hermanson. And I think Jack is the guy with, with more ways to win. And I think that, uh, I mean, I know that obviously striking is Chris Curtis's main path to victory. He is a boxer. He has, you know, lethal hands. He digs to the body really well. His jab is really good. And he's just a really skilled um layered striker in the pocket he sees the exchange as well he makes reads really well in fight and uh, i think he's definitely the better boxer and pure striker out of the two but he doesn't really have a great movement you know he kind of stays kind of stationary and he lets the fight come to him he lets guys strike him he makes reads he counters them. that's his game right but if you don't engage with curtis in the striking he doesn't really have a a good uh, plan B to move forward and to get his offense going. He's really a counter striker and the guy who lets the fight come to him. Uh, so if Jack Hermanson can, you know, stay on the outside and circle and throw a lot of kicks like he likes to do. Um, we saw that a lot in, in the Tory fight, the, the Shabazian fight, even the Strickland fight. He, he likes kicking a lot from the outside, kicking the legs. Uh, he just needs to not give Curtis the opportunity to box here. And he can, you know, actually maybe even win this striking. And then obviously the second part about this fight is the grappling. Uh, Jack Hermanson should be the better grappler of the two. It really comes down to wrestling. We saw Chris Curtis show some improved takedown defense versus Adolfo Vieira, but Vieira was never a, a great wrestler. He, you know, came from jujitsu. He never really learned uh, to string his wrestling together. And you saw him. He'd hit a wall. He'd go for the single leg. He would try to hit the single leg, and he couldn't do it. And he hit a wall. He didn't know how to finish the single leg. Uh, and Chris Curtis was able to defend 20 single leg attempts in that fight. But, you know, Jack just has a different wrestling arsenal that he's going to mix in different takedowns. He's going to shoot a double leg. He's going to be able to make a little bit better adaptations than Rodolfo Vieira in the wrestling. So, uh, you know, it seems like Hermanson has a big path to victory on the grappling in the grappling here, and he has a small chance to win the fight just purely staying on the feet as well. So for a guy who I think has more ways to win the fight, I think he's decided to be on here at Pickham, and um, you know it's a great matchup. I mean, I, I've gone back and forth all week on this one. I think I'm starting to settle down with Jack a little bit, but um, you know I'm not really convinced enough to make a bet on either side. I obviously missed the best price on Jack, so it'll be uh, an interesting decision whether I end up on a bet here. Uh, I'll pass this one over to you, Ozzy. I talked a lot about that one. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I got the same side as well. I like Jack Hermanson here, and I mean, and I've bet on Chris Curtis. Let me and let me preface because our last podcast I did pick Adolfo, and I said he was the right side to be on. But if people know and they were listening to that space that I was on that live space, I did switch and say that I thought Curtis is going to win, and he did end up winning. So this I've is made, this is reluctantly true. Yeah. This is that is true, a hundred percent. And I've um. And then the two previous ones, you know, I've been on Curtis as well, and I was telling you, but you you refuse. But I think here he's biting off more than he could chew, man. Overall, I just think that, you know, people think, like I've been hearing some, they're like, oh, well, you know, Chris Curtis, he prepared for the same the fight. And trying to compare Jack Hermanson and uh, Rodolfo Vieira for some reason, like, bro, at the end of the day, Jack Hermanson has tw almost, this will be his 30th fight. Adolfo Vieira has not had nine fights when he fought Chris Curtis. And, you know, obviously he's shown improvements and he's going to continue getting better, but he just so young in his MMA career. And even he 
was having a good deal of success. And it's the case in all of Chris Curtis's fights. The other guy has success, you know, uh, implementing their game plan. Because Chris Curtis, he's not really a negator. He's a guy, he's a good counter-striker, like you said. But he doesn't um, impose his will in a lot of these fights. Yeah, the consistent thing you see, you see body shots. You see him, you know, very comfortable um, countering, very comfortable exchanging in the pocket and doing things like that. But his power is not as nuclear as people think it is you know uh his his two ko's in the ufc have come from guys exchanging in the pocket with him and having terrible defense like brendan allen but you know the guy obviously has power but jack i mean he's been in with some real heavy hitters at middleweight he does not really exchange with you know hooks in the pocket with people and he always even when he does he always has those hands up and he's got the shell going pretty well you know his defenses i mean it's not intricate but it usually works, and he's usually out of range very often. And he has a four and a half, four, four and a half inches of reach, uh, more compares, comparing to Hodolfo, or two and a half when you compare it to Curtis. But I think that's going to play a role in him being able to land his straight shots, and as well as being able to stifle the amount of uh, punches that Curtis can land, along with these body shots. Usually when you're the shorter guy and um, – or at least you don't have as much reach. You know, you need to get a lot, uh, a, a good deal closer, um, you know, to land these body shots. And I think that's going to be the case here against Jack. Um, and I just like Jack's clinch game overall. I feel that, you know, Curtis did slow down a little bit against Adolfo, but Adolfo slowed down more. And Jack is known for great cardio, being able to push late in fights, being able to get takedowns, you know, later on in fights as well. And I think his the clinch game is going to be where Jack, whether it be a clinch takedown or he gets the clinch and then is able to get in on like a double leg, he's just much more tactical and intelligent, I feel with the takedowns that he goes for and then how he capitalizes when the fight is on the ground. He's got tremendous ground to pound. And I just think that he's the right side uh, this week. I think he, he's one of my favorite bets of the week. And I just think that he's going to be able to give Curtis a fight that he does not often see and one that is going to make him uh, a bit uncomfortable. Would I be surprised that Chris Curtis winning? No, but I think he's a very casual bet this week. Um, you know, fighting a guy like Jack, you know, I think people underrate Hermanson given the, you know, the, the results of some of his fights, especially the Sean Strickland one. But this is completely different than the Strickland one. And uh, I think he's going to perform well. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder still uh, and continues to have that. And uh, and yeah, so I like Hermanson. I like the money line. Um, and and uh, the go the decision line on him has been going down. So I'll just probably stick with the money line side. But, uh, but yeah, I'm all over Jack in this spot. I think it's a great stylistic matchup for him overall and uh, and one that I think will will bear some fruit. So those uh, those late props for Jack too, specifically Jack round three plus 13 or 1400 on DraftKings, I think it is worth it. Um, I think I think Jack's gonna show out. I think this is gonna be a great fight for him. Like yeah, I think he's gonna be able to avoid this left hand of Curtis, but we'll see. We'll see. You think any action is going to come back on Curtis, or you think it's going to be all Jack from here on out? I think I think there'll be two way action still because some people are like extremely confident in Chris Curtis, and I mean he's just been beating up like his striking accuracy in his last two fights has been like crazy. There's no way he lands at a sixty five percent clip on Jack. So I think people are in for a rude awakening as this fight uh, continues to play out. 
all. That's all I'll say. Yeah. It's a much different matchup. Um, so time for the main event now. Very good heavyweight main event here between uh, the undefeated in the UFC, Tom Aspinall, the Brit, the hometown guy, taking on the American wrestler, Curtis Blades. The odds for this one have Aspinall minus 134, Blades plus 114. So this line opened up as a minus 108 pickup, I believe, on FanDuel months and months ago. Uh, yeah, in April it opened up and, you know, got a little bit of two-way action there. But, uh, you know, Blades went to the favorite pretty quickly. Blades went to the favorite and he st- stayed there for like a month. And all of a sudden, everyone, I don't know who, but everyone started betting on Tom Aspinall. And now he sits at minus 135 in this one. First time Curtis Blades has ever been an underdog. Uh, so, Ozzy, your turn to start this one off. Thoughts on the main event? I'm very intrigued on this fight. You know, early on, or I mean, early on, I was definitely liking Blades. And up a week ago, two days ago, three or a few days, I was still liking Blades. I'm like, man, this is this line doesn't make sense. Like, how high can it go? Um, I've cooled a little bit on as the conviction of me like liking Blades. I still think he should be the favorite in this fight. So I'm still gonna pick him and I'm still gonna bet him. But I'm less on the side of like, hey, like he should be like a significant favorite or like, you know, minus 150 or minus one, you know, higher up. Because, I mean, if if I'm looking at the striking here, like Blades' striking is solid. But I do think that he has not fought a guy who is um, as persistent or like as quick with like some of these uh, shots that Aspinall uh, fires off as well as like on the counter. Like Blades has not really fought too many guys that when Blades throws, they're kind of like ready to catch it or dodge it and then uh, strike him right back. Um, and I think that he's going to probably have to go to the wrestling actually a little earlier than he expects in terms of, I think these guys, I think Aspinall is coming out. He's going to come out throwing i think pretty heavily and look and being uh ready on the counter and i think blades will be able to avoid a little bit but i think it's not going to be as he plans like he was saying he doesn't want to rush the takedowns and stuff i think once aspinall gets a little bit of beat on him and is able to throw some counters out there i think blades will be looking to um you know counter those those uh strikes that aspinall throws with takedowns um, and that's going to be very important because the most important thing to me is the gas tank of Aspinall when he is, uh, you know, throwing off these big shots um, against that Stuart Austin guy. I mean, the guy literally gives up like he gasses himself out throwing this ground and pound in the, in the second round. And Stuart Austin puts him in a bullshit as heel hook. And he doesn't I mean, even before Stuart Austin gets like the right grip and is cranking on it, this guy's tapping. It's very embarrassing for for him, you know, to be like ready to finish and kind of lose his undefeated record there. But um, but I do think that Aspinall is a pretty legit grappler. Like anyone that thinks that he's not a good grappler, I think is sorely mistaken. Now, does that mean that he's going to be able to, you know, wrestle with Curtis Blades or get him off him as he fatigues later on? I don't think so. I think that the gas tank for this guy is like a large issue. I don't think it's a small problem. I think it's a big problem if he is like, you know, if he has any output to speak of. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking to play this under alongside blades because of what I said there. I don't want to be caught like the last time with, uh, with Volkov where I didn't have any protection on an early Aspinall finish. Cause I do think he is capable of doing that, but at plus plus one seventeen, plus plus one twenty. 
I think Blades is a pretty solid bet. Like I said, I do favor him. It's not overwhelming, I feel, because I do have to respect the submission grappling and striking of uh, Aspinall. But I think if there's like cage pushing and stuff like that, and this fight starts going later, I do think Blaze has a significant cardio advantage. But he also his cardio is also a little sketchy. It's not like amazing cardio. I just think that he's gonna be able to wear on Aspinall more than Aspinall is gonna be able to wear on him attritionally. So I'll pick Curtis Blade still. I think that he should be able to 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 throw the jab. And uh, avoid some of these counter strikes that Aspinall throws. But I'm hoping that he times a good takedown in, you know, within the first three, four minutes, takes him down in the in the first round, uh, and starts to grind him out a little bit. Um, but I'm really intrigued to see this fight play out. You know, I'm hoping that Curtis Blades is able to get that monkey off his back and kind of win, you know, a, like a big, big fight. You know, obviously he won his last fight and that was a main event. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think uh I think Curtis Blades has some faults in his game that Aspinall can't exploit, but the pick for me and the bet is still uh, Curtis Blades. Yeah, I'm in agreement with uh, with pretty much all of that. I mean, I don't really have any, you know, detailed analysis for the fight, uh, for the matchup, except for, you know, I do think Blades at plus money, you know, is the side to be on. And um, obviously Aspinall has never fought a wrestler like Blades. Uh, you know, actually a year ago, right after Blades lost to Lewis, they were doing an interview with Aspinall and somebody, and Aspinall said that Blades is his favorite fighter in the di- favorite fighter in the division, and he he specifically said that Blades is a horrible matchup for me, but he's a matchup that I'm probably going to have to have at some point. So you know, very realistic from Aspinall, honestly, to know that he's a bad matchup, but to also know that you're going to have to fight him. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty you know you don't really see realistic behavior like that. Uh, an MMA fighter. So, you know, I've been wrong about Aspinall before, you know, picked him uh bet against uh Sergey Spivak. You know, I didn't necessarily think Spivak was gonna win, but I, I definitely didn't think it was gonna go that one sided for Aspinall. I just always been skeptical of Aspinall. Arlovsky I think I probably bet on Volkov I bet on. It's like I'm always, you know, kind of betting against this guy, but I mean I think we're really getting the best spot possible to bet against him here. You're getting not only uh you know a, the strongest wrestler in the division, a solid striker, uh, a guy who has five round experience, who has more UFC experience than uh, Aspinall. And for the first time in his career, you're getting him at plus money. And I think there's just a crazy amount of money coming in on Aspinall. You know, the people I talk to, the guys I talk to, you know, we're, we're mostly on team blades. None of us really know uh, who's betting Aspinall. It it could be casual betters. It could be UK betters. All I know is that a, a shitload of money is coming in on Tom Aspinall over the past few weeks. Despite, you know, a lot of betters out there, you know, to me, I think the general consensus seems like Blades at plus money is the, the, the side to be on here. So a bit of a confusing line movement going on. But, you know, you got I got to stay with the pick, the American Curtis Blades. And, um, you know, I'm a bit, you know, uh, you know confused whether he's gonna he's gonna finish or not uh, i definitely lean finish at some point but man blaze loves to play with his food he loves to stay on top and kind of coast at times um he really doesn't he doesn't search for a finish unless his opponent is really you know giving up volatile positions and even then at times he cannot look for a finish like the volkov fight volkov stood up you know tens of times in that fight and blaze just kept dragging them back down so blades at times doesn't look for that finish and he could, uh, you know, potentially make this a five-round boring wrestling fight. I hope not. I hope he does find a finish. But I think I'm going to stick with just Blade's money line here. I'm not going to do what Ozzy's doing and, and play an under 
permutation or something like that. Although obviously I do think it probably does go under. Um, so yeah, hopefully uh, blades can, can get it done without being boring, but uh, you know, boring wouldn't be too bad for us at plus money with blades either. So uh, I like Curtis here for a, you know, a decent bet and uh, do it. Um, any closing thoughts on the fight this week, Ozzy, before we get into our best bet parlay? Not that much, other than I like this Bellator card that's coming up uh, this week, so I think I'm going to have some bets on that. I'm kind of intrigued by both the main event and the co-main event and a few undercard fights, so I don't know, maybe I'll do a Spaces or on on Thursday or something like that, for, or maybe even just Friday afternoon, but... That's about it. I'm looking forward to the UFC card. I think it's it's cool. I'll try to. I'll probably get. I might miss the prelims, but I'll definitely catch the main card for sure. Wow, what do you got going on Saturday morning, bro? Bro, I'm an adult. 11 a.m. on a Saturday. We got brunch or something. I got shit going on. Fair enough. Um, so it's time for uh, best bet parlay. Um, I have mine. Is you're definitely never. Yeah, ready. go ahead. You're, okay, ready. Um, it's a little bit of a, a chalk bet. Minus one seventy six on the Wood Rosa goes the distance. Um, it is my my biggest bet I have tracked so far. Um, so you know, putting money where my mouth is, going the GTD in that fight. I, I really think it should be minus two fifty. So there's a lot what, of value. What, what was the price you bet it at? Minus one seventy six. Okay, interesting. I, I I mean, if I'm going to take a GTD best bet personally, I would do that bomb fucking Leonardo fight. But whatever, do you? Um, Like, you pay 30 cents. Those chicks aren't fucking finishing each other. But anyway, what is your bet? Not mine. Um, I'm going to stick to a money line this week. Um, And the money line that I think Scott, that I'm betting, I've bet, in a few, I bet a dog so far, but that's too big of a dog for me to do a best bet. I'm going to take Jack Hermanson. Uh, so, you know, give me what, what, give me whatever I, you know, minus 110, I think would be preferred, but whatever, you know, it could be minus 113. I don't really care. Um, I just think he's gonna be Curtis. I think that Curtis, you know, he's cool. He's good. He's solid. But I think that Jackson be able to get in his face. I think he's gonna be able to go blow for blow with him. Uh, and then he's gonna be able to mix in the grappling and uh, and out outpace out cardio Chris Curtis and you know send him send him back to America. New contract. I think Chris Curtis is kind of. He's giving me. I'm. I'm happy to be here. Energy. I'm happy to be getting paid. Energy. And uh, Jack Romanson, I think, is coming to fucking smash, and uh, and have a good uh, good fight here in uh, back in Europe. So give me a Jack Hermanson money line. And uh, if you do that on Fanduel, minus one seventy six, minus one thirteen comes out to plus one ninety five. We were coming off a winner last week. Burgos and uh, Simone plus two ninety three won. And uh, let's try to keep the ball rolling this week. That'll do it. Uh, Ozzy, any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Zero. All right, yeah, look out for maybe Ozzy uh, doing something with these other fights this week. Uh, always join our spaces or something if we're in it. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for subscribing. Hope you all win some bets and enjoy the fights this weekend. We'll see you all next week before the next UFC card. Peace out, everyone.